0: Hi, everybody. It's Cadence from Busy Body Podcast. When Jess and I were recording season one, it wasn't a global pandemic crisis. Now that it is, 100% of my teaching is available live and streaming. So if you're listening from anywhere in the world, you could take a class with me or a private or have a consultation it would be super exciting to meet you in person. I know I have listeners in Denmark, France, Japan, South Africa, even right here in the US. So get in touch at Busybody Podcast, Instagram, on my website, BrooklynStrength.com. You can even email us, info at BrooklynStrength.com. And I look forward to meeting some of you face to face. Thank you so much.
1: Hi, Cadence. Hi, Jess. Uh, this is another great week for the Busy Body Podcast. This is the Busy Body Podcast episode four. Mm, no.
0: Yes. no, wait, <laughs> it <yes>. is right.
1: <laughs> yes, four.
0: Wait till we told me say four hundred, and then we're like,
1: oop, four hundred and three. We missed. It. Yeah, <laughs> this is number four. <laughs> we can count to four. <laughs> we're so busy that we can't count. Mm. So, with all of that said, let's talk about how to walk. Yeah, it's complicated. It is complicated. Um, what are what are the biggest um, mistakes you see in terms of people who come in with sort of weird body kinks because of the way they walk?
0: Yeah, I think that most people, if you just sit on a sit on your park bench and watch people walk, um, most people walk from their ankle. And don't exactly engage the full leg. And so we're not propelling ourselves forwards. We're kind of pawing the ground and drawing ourselves forwards from the ankle through the foot. And that's where a lot of people end up with ankle and foot pain. Whereas if we use the big muscles that we are given, the hamstring, our glutes, the full calf, and you actually push yourself forward, it's almost the way someone... Um, moves when they're cross-country skiing a larger stride the full leg is extending Um, you're going to use all the muscles the way they were designed and as we've said before in this podcast um, muscles are really happiest when they're moving the way that they were designed to move so those large muscles actually getting activated supporting your pelvis um, striking the ground, one foot is on the ground and the other one is not walking is not shuffling. It's a, it's a single foot activity that happens over and over again. Um, that is going to be much healthier, happier structure moving through space than this kind of like head forward, slump shoulders, ankle kind of pulling your weight forwards in this, like, I don't even know what that looks like. I mean, that's just what most people look like. So it looks like that.
1: (laughs) Where do you think the impulse to lead with your ankle comes from? Like how do we develop that habit?
0: Yeah, my assumption is that that really develops out of the fact that we sit way too much and, and we make children sit from a very young age. So that shortened hamstring, slumped under pelvis, head forward posture starts so early that when they stand, you're sitting more than you stand and walk most of the time sadly, um, then the legs have kind of lost their, their purpose. And it's much harder to engage that. Most of my clients, I mean, I think Pilates instructors out there listening, uh, recognize that most people can't find their hamstrings when you just ask them to engage the hamstrings or engage the glutes. It's really hard for people to find those back, um, that back chain of muscles. Um, and that's just from years of sitting and, and, Forcing them into the opposite of what their purpose is, which we discussed in "How to Sit."
1: Um, how can we tie this back to the patriarchy? Because that's really important to the busy body philosophy <laughs> or as well. Queen Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> how can we blame her for our troubles? Right. Yet again. Um, I struggle a lot with hyperextension, and I think that I noticed once I kind of broke the habit of locking my knees yeah. which it's still not broken it's a really hard habit but to i break. remember
0: when you were really focusing on that and yeah. like there was a real change where you yeah. moved out of that being such a unconscious habit
1: yeah i think that uh once I, I broke that habit a little bit i walking was more comfortable for me yeah like i was able to walk you know longer distances without feeling soreness in my thighs mm-hmm. yeah and we were actually just talking before this podcast about calves. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I was complaining about um, a bridesmaid's dress that I have to wear that, uh, like, falls, you know, down my legs, sort of, and hits me mid-calf in a in a way that makes my calves look enormous. Yeah. We were talking about um,
0: the struggle. Yeah, that, that, that it's great to have big, strong calves, except when your dress hits you mid-calf. <laughs> <laughs> Live with it. Yeah. Just, and then, yeah, I just brought up that every time I worry about that, I'm like,
1: who is looking at my calves? That's yeah. ridiculous. Except for myself. <laughs> exactly. They're, and they're my calves. Like, yeah. Like, what?
0: It's like being, like, sad about your earlobes. Like, who is looking? <laughs> if they are, that's, like, odd. Like, why?
1: <laughs> but I wonder if that's why my calves are the way that they are. I mean, other than, I think, sort of my sort of, like, natural yeah, structure of my body.
0: For sure. I think... It would have been interesting if you had taken, like, a photo before when you were locking mm. your knees a lot because I'm sure the difference would be pretty slight, but maybe it would be, like, micro shifts in the shape of the muscle for mm. sure.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, but it wouldn't be, like, all of a sudden you have, like, toothpick calves. To like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Like, um, I, Meghan Markle yes we love megan markle here at the busy body oh podcast God. she's a busy body and she can come on anytime hashtag goals <laughs> last week we talked about having hillary clinton it's true this week oh we'll God. talk about megan on, i'd be too excited <laughs> <laughs> we're the exact same age <laughs> really yeah uh,
0: know, you both married. look great <laughs> i know
1: she's married to a younger man it's great he, how much younger is he? Like two years, I think. Okay, we really did get into talking about British royalty. That's amazing. <laughs> oh
0: my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are more into British royalty than we thought. Right. I didn't realize I was that much of a nerd.
1: Mm-hmm. I I Even now that, that about I'm saying myself. this, I'm
0: realizing that I often when it, uh, here's a super nerdy thing. Anytime anyone talks about like whether they drink tea or coffee, I go on a whole thing about the black tea that I drink. That is, um, their father, Prince. Charles. Charles's estate. It has his like, stamp on it that it's, like, oh. Prince Charles approved. And it's some, like, just black tea, but it's from a Welsh estate. And it's so fucking delicious. Oh. And I'm always, like, hawking it at people. Okay,
1: we're going to put that link in the show notes. Yeah,
0: my f- literally a friend of mine in Canada got it because I had to talk. And now she's telling everyone about well, it. Well,
1: Canadians <laughs> are British subjects. So. It's true. And then she and I had a conversation about that. <laughs> Um, the podcast is now about
0: British royalty. <laughs>
1: back to the topic. Um, so there's there's a lot of other factors that go into walking, like and what weighs us down while we're walking. Yeah. Um, all
0: that kind of stuff um, is important. We we don't realize how a very small thing can really cause a lot of pain. I'm constantly switching my shoes around because I, if my shoes don't fit, just like exactly the way that they should i get all kinds of funny little aches and pains and i just that drives me crazy
1: yeah we should talk about footwear because i think that um so like to your point so many times we kind of ignore the pain that we're feeling Mm -hmm. in our feet yeah uh in order to look good Mm -hmm. and like i you know i i'm obsessed with shopping
0: very fashionable Uh
1: say that but you i do like, i what,
0: love everything that just comes in voice like
1: that <laughs> but my i i just like can't for the life of me you know and i don't i think a lot of people can relate to this too like you don't want to wear whatever yeah. you like, know those shoes that are like the toe shoes clogs or whatever yeah, yeah. well cl- i mean i mean clogs, clogs are cool his, but yeah. you know what i'm
0: talking about or like the like the those, crocs yeah <laughs> 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 or like those giant sneakers that like people like the security guards wear or something that are like designed for that kind of work oh like and like
1: no slip shoes yeah those kinds exactly. of things um what I mean but what is a practical way to integrate like better footwear while also caring about what you look like
0: yeah I mean um is Birkenstock sponsoring us yet because <laughs> is that are they I mean they're fantastic okay I mean they're really they what you want to look for in a shoe is a shoe that allows your foot to be foot shaped which seems Ridiculous that I have to say that, but it's true. Like if you hold the sole of your foot of your of your foot and your shoe up next to each other, is the sole of your shoe the shape of your foot? Because if it's not, (laughs) it's not comfortable for your foot. End of story. There's no, there's no like there's no except this. Yeah, it's it's the thing that your foot goes into, so it has to be the shape of your foot. Yeah, and that that means a wider foot bed yeah. and it means um, a footbed that matches your arch better and Birkenstocks have a arch support and metatarsal arch support the which is behind your toes um, and that really helps people's feet engage and become stronger mm-hmm. so it's the best thing to um, help your foot also behave like a foot activate like a foot uh, when you're walking around. There are other companies that do similar things Dr. Scholl's um, there's a lot of companies that um that I mean I can't there's tons of them like Echo and there's a company I don't even know how to pronounce them, N-A-O-T. A lot of my middle-aged ladies wear them when they have bunions and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're all very comfortable. I mean mm-hmm. I have vintage German sandals from Etsy that are super comfortable and they're really um, shape for my sponsor foot. Sponsor us Etsy. Exactly. Oh, my God, please. Plug. Jess and I were just talking about how much we need to break our Etsy addiction. So yeah. if you sponsor us, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are super cute little sandals, and yeah. they just have a really nice ergonomic footbed, and, you know, they're German, so.
1: And you can add arch support to any shoe with, like, inserts, yeah. which are key.
0: But I don't, I don't want to sign off on that, because okay. sometimes people... An insert is basically doing the work of your foot. And the whole thing, like if you have naturally flat feet, oh, my God. Which just I do. will do a whole episode on feet, though. That's a problem. It's so complicated. How to
1: feet. <laughs> <laughs> How to just
0: have your own damn feet. Um, if you have naturally flat feet, that doesn't mean that you need to have an arch. You could be designed, your body could just be, like, doing great with naturally flat feet. There's a difference between someone who has a flat foot and someone whose arch has collapsed. There's also, like, what do your ankles look like if your ankles are really bowed inwards and the arch is kind of like a pancake, like, moving inwards. That is a a bigger collapse happening in the structure that is probably going to be needing to be addressed. But putting in an artificial arch is basically like putting a crutch under your arm. It's not going to build the muscle necessarily. Some might. Mm -hmm. A thousand chiropractors are going to write me angry letters.
1: Podiatrists, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um... But some might for sure, but most of them that you're just, like, shoving into your shoe um, might not be. Now, that being said, I often wear an arch support in one of my shoes and not the other. Cool. <laughs> because one of my arches is higher, mm. and if it doesn't have support under it, then it's, like, struggling. It's, like, in this weird shoe bag. Mm-hmm. So it makes – it, like, helps – it's basically just forming the shoe to my foot. Right. Which is different than me trying to create an artificial arch. Yeah. So it's complicated. It's way more complicated than this weird idea that everyone has that everyone's feet are supposed to look the same and have like magical arches. There's no glory or like divinity about having beautiful arches and a higher arch is just a tighter foot. A Mm -hmm. lower arch is a more slack foot. They both have their benefits. There's really... We could talk a lot about racism with all that, but that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Um, But there's a great book called The Black Dancing Body, and we can put her name in the show notes. I have, like, all of her books. Um, Only to just very briefly say, without getting myself in too much trouble, that um, historically black people have been kept out of ballet. Because for some reason, a lot of black people have naturally flat feet. Um, And so that's been just an excuse to keep them out of ballet, like you're supposed to have high arches. But that's a bunch of bullshit. However, a tighter arch can jump. It's, it's like springier and Mm -hmm. a flatter arch has more stamina, but like, so, so you don't jump as high as high arch person doesn't mean you can't do ballet. Yeah. Thank you, Misty Copeland.
1: (laughs) I just have to say that I think this stuff is so important. Like your feet are so important. Take care of your feet. I, when I moved to New York city, I pretty much wore, like, exclusively ballet flats.
0: Yes, which are Um, the bane of, uh, like, if I could not be sponsored by anyone that I won't cross my morals for, it would be a ballet flat
1: company. Part of of the reason why was because I uh, – listeners, I'm, like, six foot tall. Almost six foot tall. And I have always worn flat shoes to sort of, you know, compensate or whatever the opposite of compensate is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And – I developed plantar fasciitis. Yeah, from basically surprise, surprise. only wearing ballet flats for like years. Yeah, and I still—I mean, I, it's mostly gone. But when I when I walk long distances or for you know long periods of time, I can still feel like throbbing in my heel a little mm-hmm. bit. And that pain is was so severe for such a long time and just wouldn't go away. Was so stubborn. And if I could like. You know, go back and change one thing about my life.
0: Yeah, you can tell maybe wearing Jess. One yeah, thing.
1: <laughs> wearing better shoes would be. Oh God, I would tell her so many things. That's just on the list. Okay, that's like maybe top ten. Yeah, wear yeah. better shoes. Wear better
0: shoes. It because and I teach clients that are in their seventies, and I teach clients that are in their twenties, and my clients that are in their seventies that either historically throughout their lives just whatever instinctually knew to take care of their feet. Are so in such a better place physically than people who are in their 70s that I see who just never paid any attention to that. Um, If your feet are not working, you will know right away. Like it just it changes your balance. That's huge when you get older. Like one bad fall can really be the end of you. Um, And it changes your ability to be in your body comfortably. Like just standing on your feet, walking places, getting on public transportation, going on trips, doing anything that you want to do. You don't want to feel unsteady or uncomfortable or in pain. And um, we'll put up on the Instagram things to do, stretches for your feet, little strengthening things for your arches, because I recognize that we're saying all this stuff, and then it's like, well, how do I take care of my feet? Yeah, It's not also like you can just YouTube. I'm sure there's like a billion people out there putting up foot exercises and foot stretches. It's something you can do every day. You should do every day, especially if you mainly wear shoes. Um, we, we all – should and could have very strong flexible mobile feet and for people with tight hamstrings and hip pain and knee pain um the health of your feet is really the core of so much of that like a tight foot is a tight calf is a tight hamstring Mm -hmm. there's really no separation and a tight foot asks the knee to take on more mobility than it might want to so i mean we do foot workshops at the studio pretty regularly. It's it's my constant, like, sort of shock that people who are very fit and take care of their fitness, we still just completely ignore everything from the ankle down. And yeah. and yet we are bipedal humans that stand on our feet. So if we can't stand on our feet, that's kind of the end to the triathlon training or whatever it yeah. else is you're trying to do.
1: Yeah. I, I think, like, foot pain can prevent you from doing so many things in your life yeah. that are fun and great. Yeah. I think just going off of what we were just talking about what do i do if i just really 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 want to wear the heels
0: yeah that's a great question because i i would also like to put out there there's really no like bad thing um it's just that our bodies adapt to things and then we just have to ask ourselves is this the adaptation that i want to grow like Yes, it's not great to, like, look down at screens and phones all the time. Is it going to kill you? No. Like, well, we don't know because our generation is the first one to go all the way. (laughs) But, uh, um, like, is hunching deadly? No. Is bad posture deadly? No. Um, But it's like, is that the body that you want to live in with the rib cage compressed and, you know, makes breathing harder and digestion inhibited in some ways and all these kinds of things? Um, So similarly, like, will wearing heels destroy you and you have to get your feet, like, you know, surgically removed? No. Um, Do you want to grow the ability to wear heels and change your body so that your body is... um, Better adapted to wearing heels than walking with a flat foot or walking with a foot that has the range of motion to do several activities. Because I think that is often where the injury happens for people with heels is not that the wearing heels started hurting them, but that they started to run and they wear heels all day. And then they try to run, you know, after work, before work, on the weekend, whatever. And their foot's like, whoa, 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 what? I was encased in a very tight thing up on the toe, could not go heel ball toe. You know, Achilles is shortened, arch is not activated, and now you're like, hi, be a full foot doing all the foot things. Oh my God. We have a giant pit bull snoring and a tiny chihuahua that's just like running around, itching and jingling his tags. So, um,
1: ambient noise of the, <laughs> the two dogs of the busy pod. Yeah. Body podcast. If one of them
0: isn't making noise, the other one is. Why do we have them in our recording room? I'm not sure, but if they were outside, they'd probably cry.
1: They're like emotional support yeah. for us. We
0: each need our own emotional support <laughs> to get through the recording. They are really cute. It's, like, really hard not to have them in the same room.
1: I want to – I'll direct people. I'll put in the show notes this great essay by Mary Carr on high heels that she wrote for The New Yorker not too long mm. ago that's just about what a, a life of wearing high heels can – how that can catch up with you.
0: Interesting, yeah. And, and we can also put in – there's this lovely um, – circus performer that i've met named chloe i want to say her last name is schumers or something but i'll put her in the notes too because she was just on a late night um that guy who does the singing in the car comedy james
1: corden my enemy yeah
0: (laughs) what (laughs) side note we have to hear
1: this i just don't like him why i don't think he's funny i think he's really (laughs) cheesy he just irritates me.
0: I thought you had a, like a personal experience. I was like, go on. No, just my distant just your, enemy, <laughs> oh. an enemy that he doesn't. He's not aware. Yeah. Um, well, she was on his show. She and if anyone saw it, she does this incredible circus act where she walks in heels on the top of beer bottles, basically like like lined up beer bottles, and she's walking across the tops of them. Um, And I've met her in person and she is like the strongest human I've ever met in my life. She's totally ripped and incredibly talented and her skills are unbelievable. Um, And it's a really good example of someone who has a highly, highly functioning body. um, Who's wearing heels regularly enough to do a whole act based on it. Because you certainly have to practice that a lot. Um, But has gained the strength and mobility to use those heels as a tool. And then like not be wearing them. As opposed to someone who's just wearing them all day and encasing their foot in something. um, And basically what, sitting at a desk, standing, walking up and down some stairs. Um, Not like doing a marathon in heels is a great idea, but you can condition your foot or your body basically for anything. Like anyone who's been in the army wearing crazy heavy packs, you condition your body to this tool that you have to take, uh, engage with. So there are a lot of ways to do things. There's not one bad thing. There's not a bad movement. It's just asking yourself, is this, the body that I want to create is this, the skill that I want to develop, even if it's a skill of sitting at a desk for a long period of time or wearing three inch heels for a long period of time. That's just the question. I personally hardly ever wear heels anymore because I'm always barefoot. And so my feet are like, they hate being in any, basically no. <laughs> any shoe. Yeah. It's like I love he- heels and I have gorgeous heels in my closet. And I basically only wear them if I know I'm going to be sitting down. Cause the second I put them on my feet are like, why, <laughs> why, why, <laughs> Um, my feet are very foot shaped at this point. I
1: mean, it's the classic like working girl move of wearing sneakers into the office and then changing as soon as you get there. Yeah, definitely. Classic New York city woman.
0: 1983. Thing. God popular.
1: (laughs) Um, okay. My next question for you is about the sort of widely accepted message that you should be walking 10,000 steps a day. I want to find the person who makes up
0: all of these things. 10,000 steps, 1,200 calories. What's another one? Like, it's all these, like, rando numbers.
1: Like, or, like, the uh, certain number of minutes of cardio a week or yeah. something. Yeah.
0: Like, uh, these are all just, like, random, like, yeah. I don't know. Scientific studies, I just read one yesterday that was, like, uh, like the mixed benefits, like, is red wine actually good for heart health? And then it was basically all just that everything in the study, they were like, well, we can't tell if people who drink wet red wine also just have like better lifestyles where they socialize more and they have a greater support structure and eat like more high quality food than someone who's drinking a bunch of like Bud Light or, or if it's actually good for you or not. And it's like, yeah, because that's just ridiculous because things are too complicated. You can't just uh, draw one conclusion. So um, is 10,000 steps what every human on planet Earth needs to do in order to what? Prolong their life, get better? I don't have no idea what it's supposed to do for you. Um, I wonder if it's something where the amount of time that it would take to walk 10,000 steps is like a reasonable amount of time to force people who are mainly sedentary to do. Like, how long does it take 10,000 steps? Two hours? I have no idea. People who wear oh, those tell us.
1: I can tell you what steps in 30 minutes is you can like go back and look oh, at my yeah, and then we can or, do math which
0: we're so great oh, at oh we're
1: really good <laughs> math okay I mean I think uh, it looks like 30 minutes is like 5,000 steps so yeah two hours oh. would be oh no no no, no one hour. hour that's like nothing Huh. well maybe this is wrong I don't know no I feel like that's probably right though yeah uh,
0: Jess and I have both worn fitness trackers I guess that's your phone tracker right
1: well yeah this is my phone tracker I don't wear a fitness tracker anymore I think that like What along along the lines of what you were saying, the tech industry has like capitalized on this message put out by, you know, whatever board of doctors put it out originally, um, and turned it turned that into like a product, yeah, which is a fitness tracker, yeah, which I we I think we both think can contribute to disorders like orthorexia or you know aggressive
0: yeah if you're even like a a light ocd which i'm not making fun of in any way but just like really am yeah like just anyone who kind of gets the anxiety of like i must complete this i didn't do this yet or whatever then you're like going to bed like i only hit just under ten thousand, i have to run around the block one more time (laughs) like um yeah, I, that just seems like another way to just keep people, you know, it's like opiate to the masses, like another way to just keep people kind of dis, disorganized and focused on kind of meaningless things. Because um, I remember when Jess and I were both wearing these, and that was like a long time ago, it was like when the second studio first opened. Um, and we both were like, cool, I wore it for a week, I do the same thing every day, so now I know generally like how much energy I use, how many yeah. steps I walk, how many calories I burn, like wh- why did I spend all this money on this thing unless I'm going to do something different every day. Now I have this information myself you should really, like rent them and yeah. send them back or something but um um I understand that obviously it's very helpful if you're like trying to lose like a massive amount of weight or whatever or if it really motivates you to walk around for sure well, please, from, please yeah. don't hate on me because you absolutely are addicted to your fitness tracker and yeah. it's changed your life but I think um like if ten thousand steps is literally if even if it is two hours that's like no amount of time. Yeah.
1: I I know that
0: we're privileged walkie New Yorkers with our walkie walkiness, but if you're not walking at least two hours in your life, like, oh, my God, that's crazy. You're literally sitting to sitting to sitting to sitting. Like, that's
1: insane. Yeah. That's like commuter lifestyle, baby. I know. I think that... One thing I did find useful from the fitness tracker is going back to an earlier episode where we talked about sitting is like, it would remind me to like stand up and walk around. Cause mm-hmm. like sometimes you can just get so engrossed in the work that you're doing and you just like forget to do that. Yeah. But I think
0: I if- kind of had the opposite where I, re- it, it showed me that on days where I'm like, I'm always on my feet a lot, but there are days where I'm like, going grocery shopping and like took the dog for a long walk and whatever it is like in new york you always are like schlepping and going upstairs eight billion times um i was like very surprised that it was like thirty thousand steps or something whatever it was it was so much and i was like oh today was really tiring (laughs) yeah like i i am legitimately tired that was a like i walked like 19 miles or something just being all the errands that i was doing
1: I think just in like if you can internalize whatever lessons you learn from the finish tracker, yeah. and then st- clearly and then my stop amazing using. math
0: skills.
1: Two hours, nineteen miles.
0: Yeah.
1: same seas. Um. So yeah, that the ten thousand steps is is what we like to call BS.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just like I mean that's talk about generalized whatever that's crazy generalized of just mm-hmm. I mean I guess it is geared towards people who really if you are commuting and then you sit in an office yeah you have very little reason to reason to walk like there's no need so you would have to really push yourself to walk on your lunch break walk before you go to work walk after work or whatever um so i can see the value in that but otherwise it's not a magic number i think it's a bare minimum really i mean it makes people sad to hear because 99% of jobs involve you having to sit in order to complete them. Mm -hmm. But we are vastly unmoving to be in these incredible bodies that we have. Everyone listening has an incredible body. Oh, so posy. (laughs) Super posy. Um, capable of amazing things already doing amazing things and if you wanted it to do even more amazing things you would train it to do even more amazing things there's no reason that you can't um, and you don't need to be like a, a an instagram star who went from like couch potato to like hang gliding the rocky mountains or something but um everyone has all these capabilities in these incredible incredibly adapting bodies that we have um and then we just sit in them like mm-hmm. we just we just don't we just treat ourselves like we're a brain with like fingers attached right so that is disturbing i mean that that that's a really big deal i mean that's kind of like what all the problems are yeah it's not ten thousand steps not red wine it's not eating fast food it's just being incredibly inactive because what is that if we're going to talk about like the atmosphere around that that means you're not outside it mm-hmm. means potentially you're not socializing with people it means you're not engaging with your body you're not in your body you're not feeling how you feel um you're not running blood flow through all your system you're not junk like um what's wrong with bouncing your i was saying jumbling bouncing your intestines working your heart and lungs you don't need to be like sprinting but if you're really sitting 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 um I mean, you're just putting a houseplant in the closet and being like, I hope you grow. Everything's going to be fine. Bye. <laughs> Leave you in the dark. Take you out like a little bit here and there. So that, that, um, that I can, I can never get over that when I realize how much that is most people's experience. Right.
1: Everyone could be walking more.
0: Everyone could just be anything moving their body going You mm-hmm. I mean if you take your kids to the playground you can do it with them you can go on the monkey bars you can squat you can crawl you can do all that stuff and just like engage with the body that you have
1: but i'm tired is like what I know. a lot of people's brain say the
0: crazy thing is is the less you move the more tired you get because you're literally not oxygenated true and i mean that's my when we talked about insomnia i always feel like such a nerd but Instead of caffeine, if I have to be inside, I try and just go outside for, like, 10 minutes and walk around and, like, move or be a nerd on the street doing, like, three jumping jacks just to, like, get my blood going because that oxygen wakes you up. Mm-hmm. And the more you exercise, not to the point where you become a crazy person exercising, but the more active you become, um, the, it does give you more energy. Like, that is not a, like, a lie. That's-
1: and, like, interestingly, helps you sleep better, like, yeah.
0: I mean, it balances you your hormones. It, it does a lot of things that are invisible that then make you feel better.
1: Yeah. So do it. Just just, just, just do it. Nike. Nike. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, great. So let's move on to the anti-desk body move of the week. And I'm going to hate this one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was almost like your idea. You were like, is it going to be this? And I was like, yeah, let's do it like that. And you were like, I hate it. I hate it.
1: <laughs> but it's so important. I'm I hate it. <laughs> it's not even about being tired. It's just straight up uncomfortable. Exactly. Let's get into it.
0: Change is uncomfortable, Jess. Oh, God. I'm like a guru today. <laughs> do jumping jacks outside. What else? Just live beyond your 10,000 steps. Yeah. And then stretch your feet, which is what we're going to do today. Tell me how. So like a really basic foot mobility thing that you can do that's going to affect your ankles, knees, hips, hamstrings, um, which also means hip flexors, everybody. It's all the good stuff that you want to get better is to just do the horrible thing where you kneel um, like you're a samurai warrior with your toes tucked under, and you're sitting on your heels.
1: I like how you went to Samurai (laughs) Warrior. Like, there's so many other forms of kneeling, i.e. praying.
0: I don't know, immediately I just saw, like, a giant samurai sword on your back and, like, a kind of, like, a cool old cloak from the 16th century. That was where my mind went.
1: (laughs) But, so you're kneeling, you're sort of sitting back. You know, you're not, like, sitting up straight. You're sitting back, but your toes are folded under. Yeah,
0: so they're, so you're, like, pads of your toes are on the floor the arch is 90 degrees to the floor floor, and you're sitting on your heels most people are not going to be able to sit on their heels that's where they're going to feel the horror
1: I think immediately you feel the horror like as soon as you sort of move your body backwards you're like I shouldn't be doing this this is a natural like help me it is true that when I do this in class
0: sometimes we're like what if when you do this it's like searing pain and I'm like yeah that's why
1: we're doing it
0: (laughs) I, I'm not doing it because I didn't know it would be painful for you.
1: Yoga teachers have t- have done this in, in classes I've been in, too. Yeah, so. and, and
0: often you sit on a block to help. So you yeah. can do things like put a pillow on your heels so that there's, like, something lifting your butt up. So you can still bring your body weight back, but you're not going to that full range of motion. You can do, like, the old, like, sitting on a dictionary trying to do um, lotus position. And you rip one sheet off every day. <laughs> so you can do that with some kind of a prop, like a couple of blocks, yoga blocks under your butt. Um, whatever you need to guide yourself back into that. I would say though, instead of just like trying to sit in it for a really long time, just keep moving forwards and back, like come up to like a real prayer kneel, like a Catholic prayer kneel, and then back onto your heels and then up again and then back onto your heels just to kind of warm up the tissue and start to work through it. Um, and start opening up those feet and ankles, the benefits of having a flexible foot hello no more plantar fasciitis greater range of motion healthier knees healthier hips like just awareness of your feet which are just as sensitive as your hands i mean they're really incredible and we encase them in what my anatomy teacher calls foot coffins all day long (laughs) so getting to know them can be really profound and if you are interested in acupuncture all those acupuncture points in your feet you know activating the foot bringing blood to the foot that's only gonna be beneficial and if you're not into acupuncture or you think it's not real you're wrong it's like a bazillion years old and just get over it it's not imaginary <laughs>
1: <laughs> i do not recommend being in the present moment distract when you're doing away. this distract yourself put on netflix yeah watch great british Weirdly baking meal
0: show while watching great british bake
1: <laughs> yeah you're like you're praying to the friends God and family of Paul Paul will be like, Hollywood. why are
0: you on the floor, <laughs> crying while watching that? <laughs> you're like, I'm just stretching my feet. I'm bettering myself.
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Foot. What what do you call the move? That move.
0: Just foot mobility. It's a pretty foot basic stretch. One. Kneel, but yeah, <laughs> samurai kneeling foot mobility. Prayer <laughs> thing. It has an acronym. Tag us on your foot mobility. I want to
1: save everyone's grimacing faces and then uh, progress. I'm not looking forward to That's the podcast for the week. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Cadence. And thank you to Sarah Essikoff, our producer,
0: for editing out a lot of dog snoring and chihuahua. Died. I don't
1: think that she's going to be able to it's edit out noise. all it's of that. It's like snoring. basically
0: the soundtrack. <laughs>
1: Um, follow us at Pod on ev- anything and everything it's
0: true or at broken strength to adjacently follow us
1: we'll follow cadence that's not me
0: it's sometimes it she posts
1: me. pictures of me I post pictures videos of, of me
0: <laughs> just is very well, entertaining and photogenic you can probably find just on social media too and then just like her, so her social private. Media is, it's private but if you can get in <laughs> It's top quality. She really she kills it up Instagram. Send me game.
1: 100 words on why I should let you follow me. Why I should let you become one of my like 250 exactly. followers. Exactly. It's an
0: elite group. I'm honored.
1: Um, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.